videos of ghosts started showing up on my FYP and I'm like, who are these spooky, campy, delightful, flirty bitches making this shockingly upbeat Satan metal music? It's right. so fucking good. And then TikTok is like, hey, so you like ghosts, right? How do you feel about Sleep Token? I'm like, who? So if ghost is for fun, Sleep Token is the band for like getting into your feelings. Oh, yeah. And so I'm listening. I had Sleep Token playing in the background while I was doing notes for this episode. And so I'm like slowly crying in my like goth emo kid deep in my feels about where this is definitely inevitably going in this book because god damn it, Star Wars. What are you talking about? <laughs> so uh if you and so i after after i was done with my notes i had to turn on ghost as like the antidote to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to getting deep into your sleep token feels because look i don't i i'm a depressed bitch i don't actually need to be sunk into my feels on a regular basis okay that is a shallow trip for me um so ghost is really good to pull you back out so i 10 out of 10 recommend both bands use them like uh uppers and downers as needed yay Um, but uh it is a good background particularly for the action sequences in reading this this part of the book uh sleep token is pretty fucking excellent soundtrack oh i can i can see that opeth is another uh Mm -hmm. band i like a lot um i went to go see them live once and and so they're they're from i think they're from uh uh, norway or sweden one of those like metal Mm -hmm. friendly uh uh, countries and (laughs) the lead singer comes down he's like hello how, how are all the men and women doing? Oh, actually, I should just say men because women do not come to our shows. And <laughs> and, and uh, everybody laughs. And he's like, no, it's true. I wish I wish more women did because women are amazing and you men do not treat them right. Nice. <laughs> and nice. and, and, and hush, hush, hush quiet across the crowd. And of course Enjoy the like, show. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love Opeth. They're great. Anyway. Anyway, I'm not sure how much of our music discussion is going to end up in the final product of the podcast, but I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, uh, penis, penis, penis. There, there. <laughs> dick, dick, dick. <laughs> dick and the cock and some boobs. There. Now we've made it relevant. But no, hey. it was it, – I made it relevant because I was listening to it while I was reading and doing notes. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I'm a nerd. Uh, I mean, I, of course, I listen to audiobooks, so I don't listen to anything else when mm. I'm well, I'm because to it. it's a whole ass audio drama. The audiobooks for this. Oh my god! Especially there's this a part soundtrack of the and there's sound effects and like all the pew pews and everything. Yeah, that's going on. I love that. I yeah. love it. I love it. Good I love stuff. It. Good stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Do we want to actually like do the thing? Fuck yeah. All righty then. Um, so I guess we should. Do you want to enter the show? Should we should enter the show? Do it. Okay. 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 Here we go. You ready? You ready? I'm, ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and I just, I just really like metal. I'm just, I'm just an old metal head from way back, and it's coming back, and I'm just. I just want to talk about music. Can we do can we do Metalhead Divas? Can we not? <laughs> can we not continue with this book because it's not going anywhere good? I love it, but it's going to hurt me. Anyway, who are you? Hey, everybody. I am Chris. I am that homo. I'm a glutton for punishment, so I love the High Republic sexual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and Stephanie, hmm. 
a girl had to have a few secrets after all. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I'm so scared of her. <laughs> I'm so scared of her. Oh my god. Mommy. Oh, she's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Okay, but mm-hmm. not in a fun way. Like in ways that I have no say in. Okay, so uh, do you have anything before we get into why we're here today? Okay, I need your commentary on something. Um, okay. I already had a brief discussion about this via text with uh, Charles uh, via Gold Squadron Gaze. Who? Right. And I uh, <laughs> I need to, I want to get your perspective on it. Okay. Okay, so I don't really check Facebook anymore, right? Uh, right. I know, because I, I post all kinds of cool shit on there and you never see it. I, I, I use Messenger and that's it. I just don't Wait, like Facebook. Hold on, I'm hold sorry. On, hold on. Hold what? on. What? Do you have a beverage next to your microphone right now? No. Why? Because I heard the psh of a beverage. Uh, that would be my uh, partner probably in the kitchen. Oh, good. Yay. I Will you thank him for doing the dishes and gently encourage him to not do them while we're recording? So here's what he and I have in common. If you tell us not to do something, we're going to do it more. Okay. And so I've sat him down and like, hey, you know, Steph's talked to me about um, the background noise that you make uh, during recording. He's like, oh, really? And that would oh be my God. the following and he's like, recording. I'm going to drop all the pots and pans now. Correct. Fuck. So okay. it's best for me not to say anything. Forget I said anything. Yeah. Okay. You don't look at Facebook. That's where we were. Go back to right. that. Right. So I don't really look at Facebook very much. I try. Um, those of you all that message us on Facebook, side note, the notifications are shit. Um and uh, I'm sorry I don't get to y'all quickly enough because their notifications are shit. They don't let me know consistently enough that there's activity. Anyway. Yeah, so it's rough. I happen to uh, be checking some stuff for our show. Mm-hmm. Shows. Uh, and uh, I am. I used to be part of a couple Facebook groups that were Disneyland, gay people, annual pass holder, magic key people. Basically, people go to Disney. <laughs> Gay people go to Disneyland all the time. You hit me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't really check those groups out too much because they're kind of creepy. <laughs> okay. But I see a post. Mm. A, a very, very good looking young man uh, who Charles and I would classify as a twink. Okay. Um, said that they desperately want to go to Disneyland because they want to meet a certain Star Wars character. And they will be offering... <laughs> If someone can give them a ride to and from the theme park. Plus okay. A ticket. Uh, so I read that and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's that's awful. Like, surely there nobody would comment on it. And of course, I look at the comments and there's 45 comments of men yep. going, uh-huh. Yes, please. You're so yes. hot. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, because men. <sighs> men. So uh, comments. What do you want me to say? Yes, of course. Men are a really easy target audience, okay? If you, if you're especially if you're offering a like that's come on, everybody that will bring that's what that's what Khalees meant when she said my milkshake, okay? It's (laughs) offering a will bring all the boys to your yard, whether you want them or not. There they are. They'll do fucking anything for it. Um, So yeah. What what do you want me to comment on? That's it. That's it. I just I read that and I laughed my ass off and I look. It's a it's an arrangement between consenting adults. Do your thing. You do you. Right. Um. I'm not sure that you should let Disney know that that's how you got there. Um, <laughs> something tells me the happiest place on earth would not be happy with that information. Like keep that to yourself. And definitely, if you're that desperate to get to, um, 
the Disney parks to meet a specific Star Wars character. I, there's already like a shade to this interaction that makes me worry for the actor in that character's costume. Oh, wow. You know, like yeah. now it feels like it might be a little gross. Like you might be escorted out of the park. Wow. So great. See, this is why I asked you the question. <laughs> yeah. You were like, oh, that's just so funny. No, that's actually sinister. <laughs> that's actually that's actually red flags yeah. well anyway uh if any of y'all are club 33 members uh these lips work really well just let you know just let you know if you're hot i mean if you were hot that was going to happen anyway but really seriously if you're a club 33 member that'd be great If you would like to see the face of complete and utter judgment, you may go to patreon.com forward slash divas podcast and see Stephanie's face right now. <laughs> for five We've bucks talked a about this. We've talked about you not using our podcast as your personal fucking Disney grinder. Stop. Hold on. Wait a minute. No, we have. No, we have. We've talked about this specifically. No, I'm not disputing the, the, the premise, but it's scruff, not grinder. <laughs> oh, my bad. Don't be gross. I'm like, there's gross, there's the gross that we do, and then there's the gross where you're, like, literally offering up parts of your body on microphone to whatever listener might hear you. Right. Ew, what? <laughs> Ew, Christopher. That's tacky. That's what that is. That's tacky. That's white shoes laughter Labor Day tacky. Hold on. That's I have tacky. never, ever okay. suggested I had class or depth. Okay, but do you understand? I want you to understand the mm -hmm. level of like judgment that is coming from Colorado to you right now. Like, fucking tacky. <laughs> um, I was not being serious, Steph. I would not actually do that, even for Club 33. Unless it's a membership, then fuck Unless, yeah. see, see, you would though. Stop advertising your lips and the services they could provide on our podcast. Uh,. <laughs> Uh, Patron says, see, now we thread into canceling Chris. Thank you. Appreciate there it. There we go. Appreciate it. Um, so what I'd like for you to do, Chris, because I'm uh -huh. not monitoring. We are live right now, listeners. Yeah. Um, we, we do this live with our patrons. Uh, they're watching. I can't watch the comments because I would be distracted and like want to hang out and chat with them and not do the show. So Chris is monitoring and the comments. Are you saying something? See, her silence is deafening right now. All right. So, Chris is the one who's monitoring the comments from the chat from our patrons. So, Chris, when you do want to interject something that one of our patrons say, I totally encourage you to do it. Please say, our patron so-and-so says in chat, and then do that, because otherwise it's just like a non-secretor. You're having voices from the beyond adding to the conversation. You're like, you know, random person, a name, a, a figment of my imagination said, give us some context for that, please. Oh, okay. Uh... You are lucky you do not live in my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, I've voices, known that. Voice, I've known that for a few decades now. Yeah. Voices from beyond. That's like every second right now. Right, and you do a really good job keeping it to your fucking self, and I appreciate that. Yeah, but if I get that glazed look over, that's why. You know this about me. Fucking Pisces. Okay, so... <clears throat> 
Do you have anything you want to get into before we get into? No, I, I think I got you. I think I got I think, you all. I think up. we're good. God yeah. damn it. Okay. Uh, so then, what we're doing on this podcast is we uh, formerly were watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. However, the WGA SAG after strikes are still ongoing, and so to show solidarity with the strikes, we are not talking about any visual media or struck content from struck companies. We are instead talking about Star Wars books, specifically Yay. Star. Wars, the High Republic, specifically within that, the very first of the High Republic novels, Light of the Jedi. Um, if you're just joining us for our Light of the Jedi talk for the first time, maybe go back to previous. We're, this is seven episodes in talking about this book. Today, we are talking about chapters 36 through 39. Yay! So there's, there's lots of prior content about that. Go back. Start, start at the beginning of the book. And new counters? Yeah, no, new counters have been added to the show in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So do you have an intro? Uh, Steph, Mm -hmm. I haven't done this in a long, long time, and I'm so happy. Uh, And this is in honor of Wetbub. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Wetbub. I love him. Okay. Ride into the danger zone. Oh the God. power dynamics of the Nihil have shifted to Marshy and Rose's favor, but will his plan and truly benefit all the Tempest Runners, or just serve in his own ends? Meanwhile, the Jedi chosen after the Lucent... Do- <laughs> what the fuck translator wrote? Dewey Blyce, as they have been kidnapped by other members of the Nihil. Okide? You used a translator? Yeah. That's how I said before. There's like a... A Gungan AI? <laughs> it's not AI. Tra- it's just a. Uh, it's a translator. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Okie day. Okie day. <laughs> Very good. Yes. In honor of Wetbub. Awesome. Here's the thing, y'all. Wetbub, just to remind everybody, is a Gungan uh, who is in the Nihil, specifically in Kasav's Tempest, uh, and he's called Wetbub because every time they get into like hand-to-hand combat, he comes back from that fight soaked in blood. Yeah. Like just so covered in blood that they just started calling him Wet, yeah. Wet Bub, and he has not objected to that name. So that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. So when you picture, when you picture, when when Chris is reading this intro, picture like a big goofy Gungan smile just dripping with gore, and that's who's saying that. Thank you so much, High Republic Books. That was a mental image I definitely needed in my life. Star Wars is for kids, y'all. <laughs> Not this book. Not this fucking book. This, this book. is the grown-ups book. Okay, oh, for, okay. For okay. sure. So, here we go. When last we left our massive ensemble cast, Martian Rowe made his power play to take over the Nihil, which involved deploying two of the Tempest Runners to missions that conveniently put them directly in the path of some Jedi. How weird. Padawan Bell Zedifar has willingly jumped out of a perfectly good Jedi vector and successfully kept himself and a little girl from splattering on the ground while his master Loden Greatstorm and Jedi Knight Indira Stokes kept chasing after some Nihil to save the rest of the girl's family. The Jedi Council have voted in favor of passive-aggressively answering the Republic's request that they help hunt down the Nihil to bring them to justice or whatever. Passive-aggressively. It was! That's the truth. That's so true. We'll show up and then, you know, what the Force wants to happen is what's going to happen. Right. Okay, cool, Jorah Marley. Anyway, shall we get into it? Let's do it. We are now in part three of this book, which is called, not at all ominously, The Storm. Dun, dun, dun. This is fine. I'm fine. This is fine. 
This is where the action uh, gets going, you know. This is where the fun begins. Okay. Chapter 36, The Outer Rim, Kerr Nebula. Now, to remind ourselves, and this is feedback that I've been getting from a lot of people uh, online, is that these books are, this book is really complicated. It is full of fucking characters and locations and circumstances, and it's hard to keep track of if you're just one person reading it. That's what we're here for. Okay, we're going to keep track of all of these threads and we'll do the Wikipedia deep dives and all that shit for you. That's what we do. Yeah. And I don't blame them because, A, there are a shit ton of characters. It's so much. And B, uh, the book, the first third of the book has very precise times and when everything's happening. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're just going to go ahead and fuck all that up. It gets uh, real wibbly wobbly timey wimey real quick. Yeah. yeah. This part, ha- this story happens over like a day period. This other part of the story happens over a month. Pe- like it, right. it gets confusing. So to be clear, the Kerr Nebula is out in the outer rim. Uh, that is the place that Kevin Tarr, the super nerd back on, he- on Hetzel, who networked together like 50 plus thousand droids to start calculating all of the emergences from the pieces of the legacy run. That guy. He was able to calculate with his massive supercomputer um, where the ship that almost collided with the Legacy Run and started this entire book, where it came from, and he tracked it back to the Kerr Nebula, hmm. right? Also, and, and so that's where he has directed, like, if you want to start looking for the Nihil, that's where to go. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where the Re- Republic fleet is headed to start hunting down the Nihil. We know this. On the flip side of things, Martian Rowe, who has spies in the Republic, very highly placed spies, is like, hey, Kasif, go out to the Kerr Nebula. And wait for some transports to show up who are going to have a flight recorder box that you're going to need to retrieve and blow up. Right. But it's just going to be a little convoy. It's no big deal. MBD, just go out there and meet them, okay? That's your job, right. is to go which, out to the Kerr Nebula. Which logically makes no sense. Yeah, there... why Why would the Republic be transporting something through some distant, far-flung part of Nihil territory in the outer rim? Right, and not have, like, a convoy or some military vessels escorting it. Especially if it's something that is as important as this flight recorder that they're transporting, and uh, they are well aware of the Nihil threat at this point. Yeah, so uh, my one of my first entries in my notes, Steph, was... Kasev, you need to slow down with the death sticks. Your logic isn't there at all. <laughs> well, and that's Kasev's problem is he's stone cold sober right now. Oh, yeah. He's just not very smart. He's very cunning. He's vicious. He's mean. He's not very smart. Right. Um, but even even his slow on the uptake brain uh, is starting to get a bad feeling. <laughs> so um, like down to the lighting. So they're parked in the Kerr Nebula, which is a massive green nebula out in space and the light from this nebula is like soaking in through all of the portals and the windshield and everything on these ships it's bathing everything it looks like everything is moldy dead decaying all the members of his crew look like corpses and Casa's in a shitty mood he is sulking over the fact that Martian Rowe fucking cut off half of his shooting hand a little upset about that a little upset about that unlike you didn't pick it up off the floor, so that should. <laughs> he told you to pick it up. It's in a box. It's right there. <laughs> anyway, so Kasev knows that his mission is to be there. They're waiting. His entire Tempest is there, like a hundred plus ships of all various shapes and sizes. They're all Nihil ships. They're all super crazy, heavily armed. It's it's really serving like. I can't talk about it because struck content, but you know, we've seen this kind of thing before. Just like crazy ass 
ugly, mean, vicious, heavily armed marauder ships in space. Yeah, there was a certain sci-fi movie based uh, that came off of a certain TV show. God. It was made by a notorious misogynist. Yeah, um, it yeah. reminds me of that too. Yeah, there I got go. the same vibe. There we uh, go. I love the description at the beginning of this chapter where the green color is like shading the bridge. And Kasef mm-hmm. is looking around and he sees that his crew looks dead. Yeah, I just And I'm like, that. that's great foreshadowing. And also, I love the description about how he came from a desert planet, and he see he views the color green as unnatural. Yeah, it's bad. Green yeah. is a bad thing. I love uh, it because Casa reminder is a weak way. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a Hondo Onaka, mm. but not but not not, not Hondo Onaka, <laughs> not, not on Hondo's level at all. Um, oh yeah, Wet Bub is there. He's part of the bridge crew, being incredibly creepy. Anyway, so they're waiting for this convoy to show up, and Kasif is having some very serious second thoughts about all of this. He's like, I've got my whole Tempest here. Why don't we just fucking leave? Yeah. Why don't we just quit the Nihil? The galaxy's real big. We could go somewhere else. I could change my name. Uh, I could get a different ship because the Republic is aware of who Kasif is and the new elite, his ship. They right. know these things because of that whole botched blackmail attempt that he did at Ariadu, <laughs> which I'm sure won't come back to haunt him. It's fine. It's no, fine. It's fine. Um, he's like, I could change my name. I can get a new ship. I could take this whole Tempest. They're super loyal to me. These are my people. We're going to go. And he is about to, like, he is keying in the code to do a fleet-wide transmission to tell everybody, you know what? Fuck it. We're out of here. When the Republic ships show up. Yay. But not not just a transport, a full-blown fucking armada. It's an entire goddamn battle fleet because the Republic is here to hunt Nihil. Yay. Not to, there's no flight recorder here. Nope. That's not a thing that's happening. So, Kasif is processing that horror, and we switch over to Admiral Cronara's perspective. He is there on the, oh, what's the name of his ship? I didn't write it down. Anorexia. No, that's the Jedi ship. Oh, that I don't remember. First Horizon? Doesn't matter. Anyway, Admiral Cronara is there. He's leading this whole situation. Uh, and he's like, oh my god, look at all of these Nihil. It must be the full Nihil fleet. And like, bless your heart, sweetheart, that is one third but, of the Nihil. But if you don't know anything about the Nihil, and you come out of hyperspace, and these ships are sitting in the middle of nowhere, and there's a fuck ton of them. There's like a hundred. Yeah. Why wouldn't you think it's the whole Nihil? Particularly if you're coming from the perspective of the Re- the Republic Defense Force, which is a volunteer group, they don't. There is no standing Republic Navy or Army or anything. Right. He had to gather up volunteers and ships and crews from all over the galaxy, all signatories to the Republic Treaty, to join in this particular hunting party. So, if you're coming from that perspective of like piecemeal putting together. A group now, everybody that he's got with him is well-equipped and well-trained, but they're very inexperienced. He contemplates that for a bit. Uh, That they, because the Republic is at peace, they haven't had to fight. These are are not battle-tested crews. They're just, they're well-trained, and that's good. Mm -hmm. They're talented, but they're not experienced. And you can't, look, you can't buy experience. Nope. Like that's its own thing. Oh, what? Oh, to live in this this period of the galaxy, <laughs> right? Where like your average teenager isn't already battle hardened and yeah. fighting for the freedom of their planet or something. Where you're not raising, you know? where you're not raising child soldiers. But I digress. Nobody would, nobody would do that, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. About? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. 
Anyway, Sir Admiral Cronar is like, holy fuck, that's all of the Nihil. We're totally about to take on every single Nihil ever, bless his heart. Um, also, he, he's got the Jedi there, the Ataraxia is there, and he knows that they are, that ship is full of Jedi with a hangar bay full of vectors, just ready to go if the Jedi decide to join, because that's still a question mark. And that's the crazy part. The Jedi, like, we're used to animated shows where the Jedi are the fucking generals. They're leading right. They're leading the attack. They're developing the strategy. Yeah. These Jedi are just like, okay, girl, we're going to sit here and sip this tea, eat this popcorn. You let us know. Right. What? We might join. If it gets bad enough, I mean, we'll think about it. Right. Or whatever. We're going to wait until we get a message from the Force on this one. <laughs> and, like, what a weird, like, it's very jarring. Yeah. To somebody who grew uh, who grew up with either no Jedi at all mm-hmm. um, or or very militarized Jedi to find that they, these Jedi are, are like jungle cats. Like they're going to do what they're going to do. If they do something, it's going to be really, really impactful, but <laughs> they might just take it out. You don't know. Yeah. And that's fucking crazy. Um, but he does spare a moment to think I've also got another group on the way. I have no idea what they're going to do, but they're not part of the Republic. And like, who, who? are you talking about? Who? That's crazy. But he also, he's, like, this is going to be an ugly fight, and he knows it, because look at them. Look at the Nihil. Like, they are so heavily armed, and there's so many of them. They are not to be fucked with. But we're here to fuck with them. With the, you know, you go to war with the army you've got. Yeah. Uh, and so he's got these well-equipped, well-trained, very inexperienced people, and we're going to go into this fight. Cool. But he thinks the best thing about this fight is there is zero moral ambiguity about it. We have very uncomplicated feelings going into this fight. The Nihil are bad fucking guys on the wrong side of history. And kicking their asses is fully justified. Isn't that nice? There's no gray area. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Okay, so we're doing this. Um, Admiral Cordara gets on the horn. He's like, hey, Joramali, just uh, letting you know, I'm about to um, call the Nihil and see if they want to talk this out first. (laughs) If this gets ugly, are you going to help? And Joramali's like, you know, yeah, actually, I will. In fact, I'm going to help personally. I'll get into Jedi Vector. I'll fly out there myself because I've got Avar Chris here and she'll do the whole hive mind thing from the Ataraxia. So reminder, if you don't remember from the very beginning of this book, Jedi Master Avar Chris has a unique force ability that allows her to network together all of the force users in an area so that they can like mm-hmm. communicate instantaneously. And they're all sort of mind melded together. And it's a, and Admiral Cronara was there at Hetzel when she did that. So he fucking loves hearing that she's there. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, that's awesome. We're going to win. If there's a Jedi I would love to have uh, on speed dial, it's Avar fucking Chris. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> hey, girl, can you fix everything again? Please. Please. <laughs> you just come over here and girl boss the fuck out of this for me, please. I know, right? Don't, oh, uh, my God. We love, and we love Elzar, but he doesn't need to do the planning. Just you, please, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. <laughs> if you could just wind him up and point him at stuff. Right. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. Right. So. We jump back to Kasif, who has an incoming call from the Republic fleet that he is not answering. Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, no. In fact, he's a, he's in a kind of a state of panic because he's realizing, oh, shit, this is not going to go well. We can't stay here. We need to get the fuck out. 
Right, because he's realizing their position. They're parked right in front of the Kerr Nebula, which has a lot of, you know, Green. space tech bullshit interference that prevents them from being able to get the fuck out of there. They can't jump out. They don't have a path to get out because the eye didn't give them one. Martian didn't give them a path to escape. And right now, those Republic ships are physically in between the Nihil Tempest and the nearest hyperlane access point. So they can't even fucking duck and run. Yeah. They're they're cornered. And a cornered animal is a dangerous animal. Yeah. And so that's kind of where Kasev is right now. He's panicking. And his crew is like, so we're going to fucking fight, right? And Kasev is like, fuck that. We are going to die if we do. So, because uh, he sees the Jedi ship and he's not about to tangle with with any of that. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want any of this. So he's like, find me another hyperlane access point. We're just going to fucking run for it. And then mutiny. Double cross. The double cross. <laughs> Wet bub and a handful of other officers on his deck pull fucking guns on Kasev. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Martian Rowe pulled all of them aside and was like, so here's the orders that I gave Kasev. He might chicken out. And if he does, if he refuses to follow the orders, I need you to kill him. Good lord. Can you imagine if Kasev had gotten that message out to the entire fleet, gone we're fucking running? Yeah. Like like how many how many other officers in the fleet on other ships were in that meeting with Martian Rowe? It's as if Martian anticipated this. Hmm. It's almost like he planned this whole thing. It was Martian all along. <laughs> yeah. But Kasev his his only dots and intelligence went directly into cunning and survival, yeah, right? right? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, everybody's pointing guns at me and my gun hand is fucking injured. This is great. <laughs> and he points out to them that Martian Rowe uh, knew. He either knew there would be an entire ass Republic fleet here to meet them and he sent them there, the, there to fucking die. Or he didn't know, and he still wants the flight recorder mission completed, so he would want them to get the fuck out of there and find another way to get the flight recorder, because they're not going to be able to get it today. Right. It's They'll fucking die. And that's actually sound logic, shockingly. I know. What, way to go, Kasev. This is his. This is where he's intelligent. Yeah. Is, is in these little machinations once he finds himself in the middle of them. So he's like, wet bub, call the eye, call Martian, and let him know that there's a fucking battle fleet here and ask him to give us a path to get out. Tell, and he turns to another person. He's like, tell everybody else in the fleet to fucking run for it to another hyperspace point, And we're going to get the fuck out of here, but be weapons ready in case, you know, the Republic tries to stop us. So, okay, they're all doing that. And then uh, they try to call Martian. There's no answer. Martian ain't picking up. He, look, he has to sh- uh, uh, shampoo his hair. He's on the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> Leave and, alone. And personally, I would rather you not answer the phone when you're going to the bathroom. Please. Right. Good God. I, you know, the level of like visceral horror that I experience when I've been on the phone with somebody for a while. A, I was on the phone. And so I wasn't happy. Yeah. I hate talking on the phone. But B, you're on the phone with someone for a while and then you hear a flush. Oh. <laughs> I hate it. The, Do not take me into the bathroom. With the you. fucking worst. And I hate and it. I I glare. I I give the most judgmental face I could possibly get when I'm at the bathroom at Disneyland. And there's some motherfucker at the urinal, or worse, in a <gasps> stall, and they're clearly talking on the phone. Why? Uh, why act- must you share this moment with someone? And not just share- sharing your moment, but my moment, because right. I'm also going to the bathroom. I didn't consent to this. No. At all. 
<laughs> anyway, that's not actually what's happening. That's just our headcanon for yeah, why Martian yeah. didn't answer. Martian didn't answer because he's got a plan. But anyway, Kasif is like, see, he didn't answer. That means that we're on our own, okay? And they're about to fucking run. Like, his crew is like, oh, shit, you're right. We have been double-crossed. Our double cross was double crossed. I guess, <laughs> I guess you're right, and we should run. They're all getting ready to run, and then another fleet shows up. Oh shit! It's Ariadu. Wait, aren't they the people that they tried to ransom, and then they fucked up, and their moon got blown up, which probably killed a lot of people. Billions of people died Oops. because because of Kasiv specifically, personally. Because well, I've of never. Him. I mean, maybe the Ariaduans just uh, have a very forgiving. Uh, uh, mindset no, and- so Kasev finally fucking Googled Ariadu <laughs> after the botched ransom attempt. He was like, hey, let me find out more about these people. And he finds out that they are an entire planet of melodramatic trigger-happy vengeance hunters. Huh. So he's like, well, okay, I guess we're fucking fighting everybody then. Yeah. For the Nihil, for the storm, game on. Cool. Now, I I had to research. Do is there like official canon Ariaduan ships? And I saw a lot of fan art, but nothing official, right? I mean, yeah, it was described. Their ships were described as looking like a sword blade coming out your throat. Right, right. Um, and so I, you know, looked up Ariadu, and of course, we they were featured in an animated show recently where there was a a, uh, a tower in the shape of a T. I wonder who <laughs> I wonder who that was for. And yeah. and I was on Gold Squadron Gaze, the podcast that I that I listened to, but can't stand one of the co-hosts. Um, hey. I know. Um, and I uh, proceeded to classy up the show by uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, by talking about how it's basically a giant dick. Yeah. So with the sword description, along with the only uh, structure I've ever seen in uh, visual media, I am forced to assume that all these ships look like giant dicks. I mean, we have nothing else to go on, so right. that's canon now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. boom. There you go. Bunch of bunch of dicks flying right at Kasev's face. <laughs> but in a threatening way. But in a threatening way. In a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a fun way at all. Okay, so that is the end of chapter 36. Oh my god, Steph, I just said the worst thought in my head. Oh god, do share. Oh my god. I hate my brain sometimes. But no, like, let's say you're in a situation with a person, you're both naked, and he's he's getting ready to... And he hums the Star Wars theme. (laughs) I can't decide if that's awful or great. Are you telling me this has never happened to you? No. Has it happened to you? Which Star Wars theme? I mean, the main one, but I guess you can do the Imperial theme too, right? Duel of the Fates would work. (laughs) Ta-da! (laughs) Ta-da! Get to the choir part right at the point of climax. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I challenge y'all to watch that scene the same way ever again. (laughs) Uh, No, I won't. (laughs) So anyway, chapter 37. (laughs) Space, the Elfrona system. I'm crying. (laughs) Okay, are you ready? I'm okay. Bring it on back, baby. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we are in orbit around Elfrona right now. My husband, Loden Greatstorm, uh, mm. it says he pushed his vector a bit harder. <laughs> 
And I've never wanted to be a vector more right? in my life. <laughs> they are, uh, he he and Indira Stokes are in their vectors, which are the little Jedi starfighters. Um, and they are chasing down the Nihil ship that still has two members of the kidnapped Blythe family on board, the dad and the son. Right. Okay. Uh, so they've left atmosphere. They are in space. Okay, cool. Gentle reminder. Elfrona is a giant ball of magnets and metal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there are magnetic fields all around, like on the planet, around the planet, everything that disrupt hyperspace travel or any kind of space travel, really. Um, so the Nihil are not able to jump away yet. And Loden's doing the math and he realizes that they're not going to be able to jump away before the Jedi can catch them. So, hey, right. cool, we're going to catch them. So now I got to figure out what, I, what the fuck I'm going to do when I get there, when I do catch them. And... Loden Greatstorm. I love, I love his perspective. I love being inside his head. Uh, because right. he thinks, he thinks, quote, he would do everything he could to save every life on that ship. But the innocents would have priority and the line between innocent and guilty had been drawn very clearly when the Nihil chose to throw a young child out of the airlock. Oops. And that's, that's the Jedi shit I've ever read. Right. Where he's like, look, you all life is valuable, including the Nihil. However, <laughs> this is an emergency situation. We might have to do some triage here, and I'm going to rescue the innocent victims of the situation first. Then we'll see. And like, if the Nihil make me kill them, they make me kill them. Because everybody gets to have a choice here. But. Yeah, I mean, it's just like how in the previous chapter, the Admiral ha- was saying to himself, there's no moral ambiguity about who the bad guys are. Right. Loden's doing the same thing, just in the Jediest way possible. Right. He's like, there's no moral ambiguity here. However, even so, their lives are still valuable. Right. Like, because because we're all children of the Force here, right? So so he's still, like, if he can not kill the Nihil, he will. Like, he'll, he will try to not murder everybody. Uh, and, like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> right? Didn't Jedi used to like do this? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying war is a very corrupting influence. Extremely. Um, yeah. So my my one of my favorite parts of this chapter was uh-huh. was when Bell calls up Loden. No, Loden. Or, or Loden Bell. calls Bell. I'm sorry. And, and I think that's important because he's like, oh shit. Speaking of kids, let me yeah. call my kid. <laughs> Bell's all. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless Loden. Uh, he's just like, yay, because he's trying to make sure that his Padawan is not a greasy smear in a metal canyon down on Elfrona, Aww, right? yeah. Uh, so Bell's like, I'm okay, I made it, I caught her, we're fine. And Loden says, quote, I knew you could do it, kid. As far as I'm concerned, nothing the council could come up with for your trials would beat what you just pulled off. I'm going to put you in for elevation to Jedi Knight as soon as this is all wrapped up. Yay. And Bell's at a far, my adopted son, you sweet, sweet boy. He's, he's like, seriously? baby you literally just fell literal miles caught a little girl and landed both of you safely and softly on the ground without a moment's hesitation you did that shit yes yes you're gonna be a jedi knight and you know what indira stokes was on comms and she heard that too so it's official it's gonna happen yeah yeah. She signed and witnessed. Anyway, he tells Belle take the kid over to where Porter is treating her mother's wounds, and he says, I'll see you soon. Yep. And here is where I would like to introduce a new counter to the show. Oh, my God. 
the Loden Great Storm does not realize he is in a Star War counter. Oh no, Steph. Because if you know you're in a Star War, you don't say shit like, see you soon. You don't contemplate warm, glowing, happy moments in the future because you're a main character in a Star War. Or the person you're talking to is, and you're about to be their tragic motivation. So That's the most fucked up counter we've ever come up with, by the way. It's gonna apply and keep applying. Yeah. Because look, I love you, Star Wars, but you're drama. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you put the characters that we love through some shit, and per- and then and if if there's a character that you love, guys, we have learned. Okay, we have learned through through trial and tribulation with the Star <laughs> Wars that if there is a character that you're that you love and they are having a moment, a moment where they are so brilliant and so lovable, and you just adore them, they're not okay. Yeah fear for them and especially if they start saying shit like i'll see you soon <sighs> this was <sighs> so worried i love loden great storm ding i hope he survives the chapter <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> anyway uh, can we yes. uh, uh, uh for for our listeners and our audience i just want to call out real quick because hmm. uh, we talked about it a long time ago, Steph has read some High Republic, but not all. It's true. It's true. Uh, and specifically, she has not finished Rising Storm. So, but that's yeah. Said, I stopped when I got a bad feeling about the next book, and I was like, "Nope, right here, everything is bright and hopeful. I'm done." Yep, yep. yep. I gently closed the book and walked away. <laughs> she quit. But she quit the High this- Republic. Yeah, well, it's it's like the opposite of rage quitting. Um, it was joy quitting. I'm going to quit now while it's happy. Yeah. So, um, um, our real quick, our patron Wes says it's also the most high republic counter ever. Ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> you know, when you when you look at the these books and the comic book covers, it's gold, it's shiny. Yeah, there's all these so Jedi, bright. and you're like, oh, this is such an optimistic time. Why is this the darkest shit ever? Because it's such an optimistic time, and we got to go somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so back to the rescue. So uh, Indira and Loden do a quick brainstorm over comms, uh, and they do the math. Like, they are each flying a Jedi Vector. They have room for one passenger. Jedi Vectors are two-seaters. Uh, at the most. Right. Uh, so they each have room for one passenger to be with them, and there are two Blythes to rescue. Uh, so they need to somehow get from their ship to the other ship and obtain those two people and get them back on their ship and then go. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Loden's like, okay, 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 we can do this. I will slow the Nihil ship down. Uh, Indira, you get on board, grab the first hostage, and then once you're clear, I will go on and get the second one. And like, how? In space. In separate spaceships. How? You Fucking Jedi. Airlocks. What? There's no docking, though. Uh... We've we have watched enough Je- enough Star Wars to know Jedi do not need docking. I know, and that that is a thing that Loden is taking into consideration is that all Jedi are trained to do some vacuum of space shit. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. Uh, and so he's like, "That's the whole plan, right?" And Indira's like, "That's it." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't want to overthink it or anything." I'm like, Loden, <laughs> "Sweetheart," he literally says that he yeah. does not want to overthink it. I'm like, "Loden, baby, honey, love of my life, you are in space. Feel free to think about it a little more." He's still fucking Jedi. He's still going to be reckless. Here we go. Here we go. 
Then Loden Greatstorm does the dopest shit ever. Right. So fucking, oh, so he's just been sort of chasing this ship. He hasn't really been like trying to catch them. But now he's like pedal to the metal. He fucking floors it. Does it like a corkscrew maneuver over the top of the ship, flips his vector over so that he is now nose to nose with this Nihil ship flying backwards and has matched their speed perfectly. And he is staring out his windshield through the windshield of the Nihil ship directly into the eyes of Dent, the Nihil pilot of that ship. Hot. So fucking hot. Competency boner for Loden Great Storm. Good. God, sir. Um, Chills. Quick story. Uh, oh. And this explains my first line of my intro. I am listening to the audio of this book. Uh-huh. I completely forgot about this part. And I am like amazed by the description. I'm like, what is happening right now? Amazement. And, and I have really rude neighbors who love to blast fucking obnoxious music all the fucking time, as Steph unfortunately knows. Uh huh. But at that very moment, someone's blasting Danger Zone. Like, <laughs> and, totally, totally. Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the most perfect fucking soundtrack ever. Yeah. And then I thought about right. the movie that's associated with that song. Right. And I got into yeah. a very nice headspace with a loading mm-hmm. great storm and a few other characters playing volleyball together yeah, on the beach. A yeah, shirtless volleyball. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I and I lived in that space for a bit. That's a good space. Yeah. 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 I like it. I love I like being it. a Pisces. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that was fucking dope. And y'all, this chapter, if you're doing audiobook, this chapter, ten out so of ten. So good. Because Mark Thompson's voice for Loden Great Storm is amazing. It's like mm. deep and rumbly and it's got kind of a kind of a little bit of a like a Jamaican patois going on. It's so good. So good. Okay, anyway, Loden Great Storm has locked eyes with who we know to be Dent, the pilot of this Nihil ship. She's right. she's like a she reads to me as like late teens, early 20s and like has a super complicated relationship with reality. Yeah. And yeah. but he sees her and he sees that she's just What the fuck? Hi, Boomer. So, you know, you know, God damn it. <laughs> Did you get attacked? I did. So, you know how in, um, in like nature documentaries about sharks, uh, sharks will investigate something by bumping into it. Yeah. And like, that's how you know you're about to get fucking attacked. Uh, and then they're about to take a taste of what it bumped into, <laughs> which is your leg. She bumped my chair and disappeared into the depths of this room. I don't know where she is. You're you're in danger now. I'm in danger. Okay, God, getting back to it. She's she's gone now. <sighs> Loden Greatstorm locks eyes with Dent. He sees that she is just a kid, and he thinks she's just a child of the Force, like the rest of us. But quote, but the Force did not make your decisions for you, and this particular person had done many terrible things, whether by necessity or choice. Oops. So he Jedi mind tricks her. From his ship, like through open space and two windows, he Jedi mind tricks her and, and she was an easy target, uh, and gets her to slow down her ship and open the outer airlock so Indira can get in. Isn't that fucking okay. great? Fucking dope. Okay. Mm. So Loden can sense through the force that Indira has managed to jump on. He senses a general sense of alarm on board the ship that is quickly over, which either means that Indira has mind tricked all of the Nihil on the ship or killed them. Yeah. (laughs) 
I love that. Okay, cool. Anyway, he's like, this is awesome. We are totally amazing. And we're going to wrap this up. And we're going to rescue the Blies and get them back onto Elfrono. Elfrona, excuse me. Uh, and what we'll do is disable the Nihil ship and any surviving Nihil will just leave them for the Elfrona authorities to come scoop them up. No big deal. And he has the gall yeah. to think to himself, this will be over soon. Ding! The great storm does not realize he is in a Star War counter. But to his credit, who could possibly at this? How could anybody get to them? Um, they're in low atmosphere. It's not like you can just suddenly hyperspace directly here. No, they're in low orbit. There oh, is no atmosphere. Oh, low, low orbit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but still, this close to a planet, it would be suicide to try to hyper, jump out of no, hyperspace but- from here. But like, and that's where the timeline gets weird. Yeah. Because the rest of the Jedi in the galaxy know about the discovery that the Nihil have fucking insane, unprecedented hyperspace capabilities. Right. But that information has not had time to get sent to Loden and his people because they've been in this like separate timeline that's going at a different speed working on this rescue. But also, do they like fully understand the the limits or lack of limits to to right. this no. hyperspace technology? No, they don't. So they are caught completely by surprise when a fucking entire ass Nihil fleet appears around them. Uh oh! They're fucking surrounded. It's Lorna D and uh, her Tempest. Not the Tempest I want to fight. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to fight any of them, but she's the bottom of my the, list. The least. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, her mission, assigned by Martian, was to go to Elfrona and wrap up this kidnapping thing. Hmm. Which is a weird thing to send an entire Tempest to go and achieve. Um, I don't know if he... Did he specifically tell her, send your entire Tempest? Or did he just say, take care of this? And she decided to take her entire Tempest. I don't remember. I feel like she decided. Well, because she's aware... That there's a situation. Yeah. And she's also aware that there's a Jedi outpost on Elfrona. So she's like, you know what? Better to have the Tempest and not need it <laughs> than to need it and not have it. Right. She's very prepared. Very practical. So now it's just Loden Greatstorm, my husband, and Indira Stokes versus an entire Tempest full of highly trained killers. Hashtag you're in danger, girl. So in danger. Lorna D watches as Loden's vector turns and starts to like turn in her direction because she's clearly that she's on the flagship it is obviously the flagship and she sees that he is quote trying either to flee or get into some kind of attack position lorna d snorted good luck with that she thought Mm, hot hot (laughs) begrudgingly hot but please could you stop being hot at my husband loading great i know i know i i so y'all i literally messaged stephanie earlier this week and i'm like why do Loden and lorna have to fight i love them both right why he's he's like why can't they just love each other because i love them both and i'm like sweetheart the reasons that you love them both are why they have to fight right like that's just how it is yeah Anyway, chapter 38, Deep Space. We're back at the Kerr Nebula. Kasev is watching the space battle go badly. <laughs> we are already fighting. Uh, his Tempest ships and the Republic have, have joined and they're, and they're fighting. And he's doing the math on how long they can possibly hold out before the Ariadu fleet joins and turns the odds completely against him. 
Uh, and he knows that they need to either punch through the Republic line and get to the hyperspace point or just fucking die. Like, those are their options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They need to do that. Right. No word back from the eye on getting a path to get out of here. Cool. And he's watching his his whole Nihil try and fight this space military on space military terms. Yeah. And he's like, hold up. We're the Nihil. Okay, this is not how we operate. He gets on comms to the entire fleet. And he's like, hey, everybody, it's me, your Tempest Runner. And he says, quote, you're teaching these Republic fools one hell of a lesson. I'm impressed. But I want them to leave this battle knowing better than to go up against us again. Stop fighting them on their terms. They won't learn a thing. Fight like Nihil. Fight free. Fight dirty. Show them who we are. That's an order. Now, when he says fight dirty, I didn't expect it to be so literal so quickly. <laughs> right? So gross. Um, it gets real ugly real quick. It's so gross. Like, I, I, the mental imagery of this sequence was gross. I, like, I have like, in my literally. notes. Like, literally. I literally have in my notes over and over again, this is fucking gross. Can we please move on? <laughs> because one of, the first of his Tempest to go, oh, fight dirty. Okay. is apparently a fucking hijacked garbage scow Ooh. that has just enormous tanks in its ass full of toxic garbage sludge Ooh. that they just let out like a like a trail of shit behind their ship just just goo into space which immediately coats all of the republic fighters and ships that are chasing them yeah and those they can't see they can't see all of their engines and everything get gunked up and those ships fucking crash into each other and explode and the explosion sets the rest of the sludge trail on fire so fucking gross. And so it just devolves into just the nastiest fucking fight. Some of the ships are leaving deliberate trails of deadly radiation for the Republic fighters to fly through. So even if the fighters do survive this fight, they will die slowly and painfully later. Oh, God damn. That's awful. One ship literally lands on one of the bigger Republic ships, turns ass end towards the windshield of their bridge and fires their engines, thus destroying the bridge. And murdering everybody, just burning to a crisp everybody who was in it. Fuck. There's another ship that's like, oh no, I have been disabled. You shot me. Now all of my escape pods are being deployed because they know that the Republic will gather up those escape pods, rescue all of those escaped pods people, and take them back to their hold where the ship, the Republic ship, blows up because all those escape pods were full of explosives. Wow. Holy shit. And Kasim is like, hey, we're all the Republic. <laughs> Suckers. Like, what? Oh, my God. I have. Uh, so I put my notes. This chapter is Mad Max in space. Yes. And Admiral Cronara is coming to terms with the fact that he's fighting Mad Max in space right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's bad. God. It's so bad. And we refer to Mad Max as a genre, not as a specific film. Uh, correct. So we're clear. Correct. So we're clear. Correct. We're threading a needle on that strut content. Anyway, so he's watching this get real ugly, and he's watching, like, the thing that's most horrifying about it to him is the Nihil don't care how many of their own people they kill. Yeah, yeah. So long as they're killing as many Republic as possible. And he's like, this is barbaric. Hey, Jorah Molly, girl, can you come help? And maybe, like, get out here and fight or something. And Jorah Molly's like, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. Let me put my tea down. I'll be right there. <laughs> and 
So she and all of these other Jedi, they jump into a bunch of vectors and they jump out into what's called a drift of vectors, um, which is a group of Jedi vectors that flies in a gorgeously coordinated way that can only be achieved through a bunch of fucking force users. All of our faves are in here. Okay. Oh my God. There's Jorah Molly's there. Elzar Man is there. Hey. Um, with Stellan Geos, who is somebody who's, we, we've only heard his name before. He's, it's, you know, Elzar Man, Stellan Geos, and Avar Chris were friends growing up. Uh, I have the I, whole Jedi school. I have a lot to say about Daddy Geos, but that'll have to wait till the next adult book when we get there. I know, I know. Yeah. He serves all the Obi Wan. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, um, Nib Asik and her Padawan Buriaga Agaburi. Hi, Nib. Are there? <laughs> Hi, Nib. Yeah, <laughs> just. Oh. Um, Mikkel Sudmani, the very angry Athorian who had to watch his friend slash crush Tayami get fucking murdered. I'm sure he's um, in a great headspace right now. He's fine. He's fine. Skier, the Trandoshan Jedi, they're all there. Okay. Avar Chris is going to stay on the Ataraxia and do her mind meld thing like you do. Uh, Joramali gets in her vector. She activates the weapon system by putting her lightsaber on the dash and just casually mentions. That her lightsaber crystal glows white because it's a it's an ancient red Sith crystal that she just, as an intellectual exercise one day, decided to heal. Huh. And uh, it, it had been corrupted. Like, it was old, old and old evil. She just healed it, like, just for funsies. And now she's, like, super bonded with this crystal or whatever. So that's her crystal in her lightsaber. I'm like, girl... Just uh, casually superhero shit. Okay, uh, fine. Uh, the, uh, for the audio version, y'all, uh, Mark Thompson's skier is very good. It's good. Skier. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never thought of Trandoshan to be hot before until now. Just in my ear, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just right there. Anyway, so the Jedi are on their way. And so Kasav is back on his ship watching the Ariadu sh- fleet get closer, watching an entire drift of fucking Jedi vectors beautifully float in his direction. And he's like, fuck. It's like the Jaws theme. Dun-dun. Like, dun-dun. exactly. Yeah. And then... Finally, Martian Rowe calls back. Oh my god. Hooray! This Hooray! is so messy. And Kasav is like, put him on my private line. Okay. Yeah. He gets on this call and Martian Rowe literally says, Hey Kasav, you run into some trouble out there? <laughs> this bitch. Hey girl. <laughs> Are you having some problems out there? Are you okay? And Kasav is like, you goddamn well know. Like he's like Oh, this one line confirms for Kasev that this was all a double cross. Yeah. But he still needs a path, right? So he's like, yes, okay, it was supposed to be a convoy. It's not. It's a whole goddamn fleet. And Martian's like, gasp. I had no idea. That's terrible. Okay, I will send you a path to get out of there. And I will also, as the eye, send a message out to your entire Tempest. Okay, cool. Click hangs up on Kasev. Yes, what a power move. Right? So then, Martian Rose's voice rings across the entire Tempest. Every single ship of Nanai Hill in this fight can hear Martian Rowe, and he says, I am the eye of the Nihil, and I see the battle you're fighting. How do you see it, Martian? Interesting. That's interesting. And he's basically, he's like, you're doing amazing, sweeties. <laughs> like... Everybody has body cams or webcam stuff, don't you know? Obviously. Yeah. So he's like, he goes on to be like, who the fuck do the Republic and the Jedi think they are coming out to our territory, trying to kill us just for living free? 
And Kasev gets a ding on the I've got a bad feeling about this counter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's listening as Martian Rose steals his Tempest from him. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's what's happening here. Because Martian's like, I'm not going to let this happen. I am the I, and I will give you what you need to defeat our enemies. These are the battle paths, my friends, and with them, you cannot lose. So there's some interesting language choices happening here. Yeah. Because Martian has always held himself apart from the Nihil up mm-hmm. to this point, right? He's always been the I. He's been like this sort of almost like a mascot. Right, right. You know? But now he's saying things like, our enemies, my friends. He's using inclusive language to to make the Nihil feel like he's one of them. To make them make them feel like he's he's their guy, he's on their level. And when you are like, look at it from their perspective. They're in this fight because fucking Kasev did this. Right. Kasev fucked up. He fucked up at Ariadu. Now they're all here, dying in space because of Kasev. Because this is Kasev's punishment. And Martian is here to save us from this. Martian mm. calls us his friends. Martian includes us. He's one of us. Yeah. This is some Machiavellian bullshit. Yeah, and in fact, I think Machiavellian is why Martian's row, Martian Rowe's name is Martian. Because God it, damn it, Star it, Wars. It echoes Machiavelli. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, Kasev can do nothing but just watch as all of his people, this entire Tempest that he knew was so loyal to him that they would run away from the Nihil with him like five minutes ago. Right. They just slip away from him. Just wow. Like Amazing. Okay, so cut over to the Jedi. Skier is flying with the Jedi Drift, and he can sense all of these Jedi are gathering together their collective focus. They're going to go do some cool Jedi shit out there. They're going to defend. They're going to protect. They're going to bring justice. They're going to get their shit rocked by these fucking Nihil, because all of a sudden, the Nihil ships start randomly jumping. All over the place. Yes. Little tiny jumps. Just all of they'll they'll be in one spot, they'll disappear, and they'll go they'll go to another spot. This is the battle paths Martian was talking about. Uh-oh. It's mini jumps in the middle of a fight, which makes them random and completely unpredictable. And one ship fucking materializes right in the middle of the Jedi drift. And destroys at least half of the of the of the fleet. Yeah. Jedi just fucking die. Um a piece of the ship goes right through uh Skier's vector. Mm-hmm. He loses an arm. No big deal because Trandoshas can regrow limbs. Right. But uh, unfortunately, Skier, oh, Skier senses that um, half the fleet are gone. Yeah. And oh, I can't. And specifically, specifically, can't. he can't. He can't sense Jorah Mali anymore. Jorah is gone. Yeah. And like that's one of those. That's one of those, like, they hinted kind of, like, there's there's an inappropriate level of Jedi connection between them. Yeah, before, so we, I, I think we skipped over this part. Before they get into their vectors, uh, Skier is like, hey, Jorah, you should be on Starlight Beacon. You should be dealing with Padawan and shipments and all this other boring yeah, shit. Yeah, you, you shouldn't, shouldn't be here. here. You should stay on the ship. And, like, he tried to talk her out of going out there. Yeah. And now she's gone. God damn it. So. So. Okay, cool. Chapter 39, Elfrona, low, low orbit. We're back with Loden Greatstorm. It's fine. Everything's going to get better. He's fine. He is out there currently soloing an entire Nihil Tempest. Yeah. 
what could go wrong. Uh, and he just shuts his brain off and lets the force guide him. And, and I have in my notes, he goes full Death Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet. He will. Yeah. But right now he's he's thinking, quote, while he wasn't certain no one could ever be, uh, he did not believe it was his time to die. A blaster bolt sizzled off the front of his shields and he reevaluated. It is probably, <laughs> probably. Not my time to die. <laughs> so he calls Indira, who is inside that Nihil ship and has no idea what's going on. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, an entire Nihil fleet just jumped in. They're right here. And she's like, that's not possible. And Loden says, you could tell them that. Yeah. That would be fine. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Uh, and he realizes, they realize very quickly that the Nihil are shooting at Loden, but they are not shooting at the ship that Indira is on. What? And it's because they want the hostages alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why they're here. And so Indira's like, I have one seat. I can take one of these blies. The dad is here insisting I take his son. You can't make them sit on your lap or something? Come on. There's no room. Shut up. Yeah, there's no room. There's no room. Uh, if there's no room, there's no room. There's no life support sufficient for all of that, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> anyway, so she's going to take the kid the teenage boy. Uh, and Loden's like, cool, I will cover your escape and then I'll go back and get the dad. And Indira's like, how the fuck are you going to do that by yourself? And Loden literally says, eh, I'll probably just trust the force or something. <laughs> God damn it. She is silent. She has no fucking response to that. I mean, and he just, and he just laughs and I love him so much. I hope he survives this chapter. Yay. Fuck. And Loden's, basically thinking to himself, it'll be all right, or it won't, but, you know, I'll do my best. Anyway, hey, Indira, leave the airlock open when you go. And she's like, oh, so you have a plan? And he says, I wouldn't call it a plan. It's more like five impossible things in a row. I'm just going to hit them one at a time. (laughs) And like, can we just stitch that on a pillow for me? Like, that's a new, new life philosophy right there. Instead of, I have this mass of impossible things to do. No, I have five impossible things to do in a row. Hit them one at a time. That is literally my career. <laughs> it's amazing. When I, when right. I sit, when you sit in a room or like, okay, let's come up with a business strategy. How do we know it's going to work? Mm-hmm. We don't, uh-huh. we don't trust in the force or something. Yeah. Take, take on, uh, do an impossible thing one at a time. So <sighs> fucking Loden. Uh, he, he senses that Indira has gotten the kid and she somehow gets herself and the kid through open space out of the airlock back to her vector. Cool, whatever. We're just going to Fast and Furious Star Wars that. They take off. Loden goes full Death Blossom. Yeah. He turns his fucking vector into a whirling dervish of laser fire menace uh, and breaks up the whole Nihil enough for Indira to get away. Awesome. Crazy. He's amazing. I love him. He's having such a great hero moment here. Nothing could go wrong. Right, right. Anyway, so he goes back to the Nihil ship with the Blythe still aboard, right? And so he's being actively fired upon right now. So he's got to do this fast. Mm-hmm. So he pulls up to the ass end of this Nihil ship, goes to a full stop, and like in one gloriously coordinated force-assisted movement, he stops the ship, grabs his lightsaber, unbuckles his seatbelt, opens the canopy of the Vector, and then flings himself, still using his ship's momentum, through open space at the airlock. And he makes it into the airlock safely, right? Almost. Yeah. Almost. His aim was almost perfect. Unfortunately, his leg gets clipped by the edge of the airlock on the way through. And at the speed that he was going, that's devastating. His leg is broken. Um, the sound effect in the audiobook was terrible. <laughs> 
it was terrible. Like it. it was wet and crunchy and bad. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine, like, uh, look, uh, a f- favorite thing the kids in my family love to do to me is kick me in the shin. Oh, and I fucking hate it. Yeah. They're boys, you know. What are, what are you going to do? You know what? I've got two boys, and they've never fucking kicked me. Uh, Well... There's something about me that says, please hit me. <laughs> you know what? You do give off a certain pheromone. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm I'm thinking that feeling times 2,000. Uh, Loden's leg is liquidated. It is fucking shattered. It is at an improbable angle. Uh, and it's yeah. just full of screaming agony. And he has to use all of his Jedi Master Spoons to like suppress the agony enough for him to function. Ugh. So, he gets on the ship, he closes the airlock just in time to see his vector get exploded outside. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, he gets, he's limping onto the ship and he finds a bunch of dead Nihil with lightsaber wounds. So we know how that went. Yeah. And he finds one scared human with a gun. And <laughs> they have such a moment because these two have been like working together without ever knowing each other. Right, right. To try and make this happen for however fucking long this rescue has been going, right? And so <laughs> the guy goes, you're the other Jedi. And Loden goes, you're the father. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> they had that like Spider-Man meme point- pointing point, moment point, yeah. where they're like, hey, you. it's you. Anyway, uh, it's Otto Blythe. And he's like, how the hell do we get out of here? They just blew up your ship. And <laughs> Loden's like, we're on a ship right now. Yeah. Well, this- and they're not going to shoot it because they want you alive. So we have a way to negotiate. And don't worry. I've got some mind tricks up my sleeve. I will be able to work on the Nihil Commander. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. Boom. A torpedo slams into the ship, pierces all the way through from the hull. They see the nose of this torpedo poking into the room where they are. And Loden realizes he can't use the force to shove it back out there because then he will be, you know, sucked out into the vacuum space. Right. <laughs> so oh by the way let's remember what the Nihil tactics are specifically Lerna's tactics yeah because I'm just, I'm just gonna read this quote vents snapped open on the end of the torpedo and gas hissed out blue gray like smoke or a thundercloud filling the entire compartment in an instant Jedi could hold their breath for a very long time, but this had happened so quickly that there was no time to even take a breath. Wow. So yeah, Loden and Otto Blythe both pass the fuck out. But not before Loden, through bleary vision, I mean, he is, the only thing keeping him awake is the agony in his leg right now. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason he's awake long enough to see the monsters walk into the room. Ugh. It's the Nihil. They have boarded the ship. Specifically, that's Lorna D. Oh, no. (laughs) Herself. She walks into the hold and they're all wearing their masks that make them look super scary and monstrous and also filter out this very special nerve toxin that's just a a Lorna D special creation. Mm -hmm. Good God. She spots Otto Blythe and a Jedi passed out on the floor and thinks, mission accomplished. This will square my account with Martian Rowe. Wow. And she takes a second to wonder how Kasav is doing on his mission. (laughs) Whatever he's doing, I hope he's fucking failing miserably. Anyway, she orders her men to take both the Jedi and Otto Blythe. We're going to go. End of the chapter. End of the chapter. Oh, my God. (sighs) So Loden survived 
Yeah, he survived. He's just horrifically injured and drugged and in Nihil captivity and about to be taken back to Martian Row, who is just a peach. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a peach. My magnificent dad energy, laughy, happy, smiley, eh, I'll just trust the force or something. Jedi husband is in so much danger right now. And, you know, uh, my takeaway from that is... What? Don't trust the fucking force. <laughs> <laughs> because the force is about balance, yeah. baby. Yeah. Uh, and if, you know, you're doing really well, the force is like, hold on. <laughs> Let me fix that. Yeah. Pretty much. Fuck. Fuck. Anyway, that is the end of chapter 39. And uh, where things are coming to a head, uh, some shit's going to go down next episode, Steph. Um, we're going to have a lot to talk about. But our big question is, are we going to try to finish the book next episode? We may. Yeah. Um, because there's just a handful of chapters left and yeah. an epilogue. So we might be finishing Light of the Jedi next episode, you guys. All right. So um, now's the time to talk. Because the strikes ain't going to finish this month yep. for sure. Yep. Not next month either, quite frankly. Um, uh, folks have been asking me, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? Um, you have not read this book, I don't think. But what I, book? I was going to suggest we do Into the Dark after Light of the Jedi. I'm sorry. You want me to read something that doesn't resolve what the fuck is going on with Loden Greatstorm? I mean, if you want to go right into Rising Storm, we can. I need to know, because that is my beloved Jedi husband. <laughs> and there's no way, there's no way that he's going to be safe by the end of this book. Okay? Okay? Yeah. yeah. No, I ju- I'm sorry. You can read what the fuck you want to read. No, I'm, I'm going to read what happens to Loden Greatstone. No, I'm saying we finish this book, but after we finish this book. Yes, the next book in the story is yeah. what we're reading. Then that would be Into the Dark. How is that the next book? It's the first young adult book, chronologically. It's after Light of the Jedi. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. And I'm you... just really, really concerned about Loden. Oh, I feel that. I mean, if you want to go right into Rising Storm and see uh, Loden retire to the beach, we, you certainly can. That would be fine. <laughs> um, okay, so chronologically, there is a young adult book called Into the Dark? Yes. And okay. um, uh, it, I've looked at polls. I've, I've heard feedback. Um, I would say Into the Dark is probably a lot of people's favorite High Republic book. Okay. Well, then, I guess that's what we're doing next. Sorry, you must meet my boyfriend, Geode. (laughs) I keep hearing about Geode. He's a a rock? No. He's, well, yes, but he's more than just a rock. Okay. Sure. He's a rock, though, right? He's a rock, rock? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll see. All right. So then next time we will be finishing out Light of the Jedi and processing our trauma from that. And then we will be moving on to Into the Dark. Everything will be fine, Stephanie. Nothing is fine, (laughs) Christopher. Because this is the thing. This is the structure of the Star War. The Star War is very aware of its act structure. Oh, yeah. Uh, And... We have had a three-act structure here, but it was three acts within the first act of a story. Yeah. Like, we're just setting the stage. We're just setting, here's your heroes and here's your villains. And now we need them to come into confrontation. And if they are just now conflicting and confronting and fighting at the end of the book, this isn't going to end well. Like, if we've, if we've learned anything from watching the one, two, three movies... 
um, the way that Star Wars has always operated before. Uh, the end of the first one is bad. Yeah, yeah. The end of the second one is worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this isn't going to end well. Like this is this is we're gonna we're going to end this on a lot of our faves that we have met uh, in in great peril, if not just fucking dead or whereabouts unknown. So. <sighs> It's fine. I love Star Wars. <laughs> this is great, and I'm fine. Um, I love the High Republic so much. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking for us uh, to do uh, go further into the story because again, the strikes aren't going to get resolved anytime soon. I know right now, y'all. There are bots on the X Twitter thing, whatever it's called, saying that an agreement was reached yesterday. It was not. Do not fall no. for this bullshit no nope. if 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 hypothetically if they meet today and they come to terms of an agreement the lawyers still need to draw up a contract all these logistics still have to happen and oh by the way the wga has said as stephanie said earlier uh they are going to stand in solidarity with sag which could imply possibly that there still needs to be a deal worked out with sag and that's going to take even longer yeah because that's that's actually already been a thing like uh the WGA uh, was at the table, or SAG was. One or the other of them was at the table with AMPTP, mm-hmm. um, and were coming close to agreement, but the AMPTP was refusing to come to agreement with the other, and so they walked away, because that's what solidarity means. So, and anyway. If, and if only anyway. Star Wars content creators could stand in solidarity with, uh, you know, the people that... I gotta say, though, one of the unforeseen positive side effects of unfollowing and blocking and generally removing from the dark side diva's social media sphere anybody who is uh, scabbing and talking about struck content to their audiences or doing any podcast episodes about current shows, regardless of the strikes, removing all of that from my feeds, I have not been spoilered once. That's, on anything current uh, uh, yeah uh that's been uh, i've had anxiety for you about that mm-hmm. because a lot of shit goes down and i'm like man if steph if this if somebody ruins this for steph i'm gonna be so mad for her well and that's the thing though is i think that's an interesting coincidence that i hadn't realized is that the people who were super willing to spoil whatever was the most recent magnificent content or whatever, whatever the current show, regardless, Star Wars, Marvel, anything, people who are perfectly willing to spoil that are also people who don't give a fuck and will go ahead and scab. Yay. So so that's a Venn diagram. That's a circle. And if you just remove that circle off of your social media sphere, you don't get spoiled anymore. Yeah. And for those of y'all that listen, listen, I'm not suggesting boycott anybody or anything, but I would recommend checking out other podcasts that are going out of their way to support the strikes by doing different content. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Gold Squadron Gaze, of course, First Steps, uh, they're doing some good shit. Uh, And there's several others, not that many, unfortunately, but... uh, uh, Because it's hard. This is hard. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear. Like, pivoting your content is not easy. No. Um, we are lucky that Star Wars has other media that we could do, uh, but not everybody in their um, their concept of their show can do that. And I understand that. Right. But you know what? Yeah. You're not that important. You should be supporting people that are <laughs> tr- trying to fight for their lives so they can make How, a living. How's that boot heel taste? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keep looking at it. Anyway, anyway. 
Shall we? Are we done? We're done. Here. Okay. Because at this point, we're just fucking chit-chatting. Yeah. And like, I love you, but I have to pee. So <laughs> we got to go. And I'm not taking y'all with me into the bathroom. We already discussed this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. So are we ready to outro? Yes. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, if you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, um, good. I enjoy it as well. Uh, that, uh, that little ditty was a gift to the show from one of our listeners by the name of Chorlesy. You can find him on the social media as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. If you'd like to hang out with us in between episodes, and why wouldn't you? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and as long as it remains free to use and mm-hmm. tiktok as at dark side divas if you haven't done so already please subscribe to our podcast please leave a review we Don't would bet. really appreciate that we'll even re- uh, read that review on the air if i receive it in time uh also we have a swag store redbubble.com forward slash official divas uh, mm-hmm. our artist stephanie who is also the co-host of the show has created <laughs> some amazing uh, uh uh graphics and content where you can buy uh t-shirts stickers and such of our logos and the funny shit that we say we bust out new stuff all the time definitely check that out uh we also have a youtube channel if you do a search for dark side divas we have done a visual version of our show that's free for the public we've covered past content in the past we're not doing any new stuff for a while just because of the strikes but when they're done we will Uh, so please subscribe there and last but certainly not least we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for just five bucks a month which is less than a cup of coffee at starbucks Yay, inflation. Uh, you can get uh, video versions of our shows that are unedited. Also, we're recording them live now. You can actually interact with us live while we're doing hey. this. And we're a mess, by the way. Um, cool. Also, uh, we have uh, you'll have access to the greatest Discord in a galaxy far, far away. Or this galaxy. That or doesn't make this any galaxy. sense. Yeah. It's not far away. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Anyway. That's it. So is that it? That's yep. it? Okay. Then we say goodbye now. Bye. Bye. We love you.